day. Welcome. Bill Michael Show. On the Tuesday, October 4th edition. Brewers officially eliminated the uh, run of postseason years. Comes to an end last night. They fought back. Give them a lot of credit. They fought back in that game. They came back. They got the win. Uh, But ultimately, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies over the Houston Astros shut the door, and the Brewers are now eliminated. The last team to be eliminated via the possibility of postseason play, the Milwaukee Brewers, and they are going to be on the outside looking in and sitting home pretty much like everybody else. You've got St. Louis, the only team in the Central with 92 wins that has won the division and made it to the postseason. Brewers 85 and 75, 10 games over, not bad, but not where you need to be. When you consider the uh, Dodgers won so far 110 games, the Braves have won 100, and the Cardinals sitting at 92. Remember, it used to be about 90, 92 wins to win you to the division, and the Brewers are going to fall short. Uh, but I was thinking about this last night. As I as I was uh, watching the end of that game, and then I watched the Craig Council press conference. Ben, at the beginning of the season, and when we started talking about the Brewers, and you know the first month of the season, and we we were watching you know certain games where it it wasn't great. You know, you'd lose a game or two here or there. You go back to that five to four loss against the Cubs, and you're like, ah, they should have had it. You know, they had opportunities against when they were in, a, in Baltimore, you know, and Hauser took that loss. They got beat 2 to nothing. had runners in scoring position numerous times, couldn't get them in, you know. You look at that 4-2 to two loss against Philadelphia, by the way, in Philly, you know. Ashby takes the loss in that one, and, and they had numerous opportunities. Um, there, there was just that 3-2 to two game when they were in Atlanta, Corbin Burns pitched his ass off, and and offensively they sucked. And at the beginning of the season, people go, ah, it's early. Don't worry about it. It's one game. They lost that game in San Diego, 3-2. to two. They should have won that damn thing, and they didn't win that game. And I kept saying, that's the difference between finding yourself in the postseason and not. Do, we, do you remember this discussion at all? Yeah. It happened through the first couple months of the season. And, I do. And people get on us and say, ah, it's early. I say, these are the games. And if you win one or two or three, you're in the postseason versus not. Don't ever tell me one game doesn't matter. Uh, you, when you get your ass throttled and it's a, it's a 10, 10 to 1 or 12 to 2, you know, just beat down, sometimes those happen. I get it. Because you, you're the benefactor of those every now and then. But those games that you let slip away, Man, that that's when you, you know, Ned Yost used to drive me nuts. Ah, it's early. It's early. It's a marathon. Don't worry about it. It's one game. And I would pull my hair out. How can you say that? And now you're sitting here two games out. Two games. Two. Two. Two hits. Three hits with runners in scoring position. And you're, and you're in the postseason. And look at where you are today. You're going to be sitting at home, feet up watching everybody else chase the championship, and you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, yeah, Brett says the game that Yelich dropped the ball against the Cubs. I mean, we can go back and think of all these 
these calamity of, of things, more so than anything, not hitting with runners in scoring position, not being able to advance a runner, not being able to drive in a run. You got two on, two in, in scoring position, nobody out. You can't get a run in. Just horrifically bad baseball. Ah, it's early. Don't worry about it. It's one game. It's a marathon. Okay. Now look at you. So uh, the offseason is going to begin early for the Brewers, who have become somewhat accustomed to playing in the postseason. And now the the new beginning. What's going to happen? Is David Stearns going to be returning? Is Craig Council going to be returning? Is certain players, are certain players going to be returning? What is the roster going to look like? There's got to be some turnover. Got to be some turnover. Um, Michael says, can't argue with, can't argue with that argument. I said that on Facebook early in the season and was lambasted. Michael, I agree. And there's a lot of people that want to be the, you know, finger pointer. It's like, you know, when the Packers win and I point out some problems. That's fine. If, if you want to jump on that, just enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. That's fine. But if you're acting like there aren't any issues, then you're blind. And then you get pissed off because we point out the problems. And you, well, can't we enjoy the win? Yeah, you can enjoy the win. I'm enjoying the win. Hell, that team's going to find its way into the postseason. But if you thought right here, right now, today, if I asked you to put a $100 bet that this team's going to go to a Super Bowl, I don't think any of you would take it. Because you see the same problems. You just want to bask in the wins. And I don't care. It, winning's been great. But it's time to move on, man. It's it's time to do more. And the Brewers instead took that step back. They went on the cheap. They 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 didn't they didn't do it right. They got rid of a, a, a guy, a, a clubhouse. They didn't realize the effect some of these things would have. Now, I don't know the workings of day-to-day. That's for people that are there on the daily. But uh, I know what I saw. And I know what you are since. And, and it's not good. It was bad baseball. A lot of errors. Uh, a, a comedy of bad moves. Guys that were relied upon failed. And the whole thing just went down the crapper. And little words here and there leaked out that guys weren't happy. And they looked at the front office to say, you didn't believe in us. You lied to us. So now they've got that to deal with. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, you can do so. Um, you can find us over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. Uh, over on the Facebook fan page, you can watch the show. You can read, respond, all that kind of good stuff. Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. YouTube continues to grow. We appreciate that. Go to YouTube.com. You can subscribe there simply under The Bill Michaels Show. Uh, or under, I'm sorry, uh, just Bill Michaels Show. Same thing over on Twitch TV. You can email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com, and find everything over on the website, all the podcasts, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, all of that. You can find us there as well. So good stuff. Uh, this is from Wayward Willie, who says, It's time for council to go. This team looks lethargic, and it comes from the manager. He always looks as if he's too tired to even walk out of the dugout and looks like he's bored with all of this. It was great that a young guy wanted to bring a championship back to his hometown, but I think it's time to move on. Um, okay, my next question is, if you do, who are you getting? Who do you get? Who are you getting? Is there somebody you have in mind? Or you, you, you got somebody else, uh, you know, lined up, or are you just firing the fire? Urban Meyer. <laughs> just... 
And by the way, let me say this on the record. I don't think Craig Council is going anywhere. And I, I think Craig, for what he's been able to do, I think he deserves to be a part of the the retooling, if you will, and get a crack at it. Talk about a guy that really wants to win for the city of Milwaukee and the state of Wisconsin. That's Council. He really, really does. 877-867-1670. Ben, would you let Craig Council go? Ooh, honestly, no. I don't think the collapse this season is all on him. I think he was dealt kind of a fair deck of cards, kind of like how Jim Leonard is stepping into this season kind of with an inept offense that he has to fix. When I look at why this team missed the playoffs, they blew 15 saves down the stretch of the season. I can't say Council's bullpen moves worked because they clearly didn't with all the new pieces he had, but nobody in the pen was pitching well. So I don't know how much I can really look to him did he bring all the energy needed to get past the hater trade? Probably not. That's also not really his personality from an outsider perspective. But I don't I don't think it's on him. I think it's more of an upper management look themselves in the mirror and think more about how to craft a better team. I, I think uh, the bottom line is I think the hater trade affected that clubhouse. I think it was deflating. I think it was a, a bad move. Um, they took a shot. It failed. It backfired. Uh, I think Craig Council did what he could with what he was given. I think he is one of the better statistical analytical managers in baseball. Um, and it goes to show when you get the right talent, you know, because some people are saying you got to go young, you got to make sure. Well, Dusty Baker's an old guy, and he's winning in Houston. So I, I, I honestly, in Major League Baseball, uh as much as you want to hire and fire hitting coaches and managers and such, it really does come down to the talent that's put together on the field. The collective talent, the collective attitude of the clubhouse, which can have a, a, a trickle-down effect from its manager, but it's the talent on the field. Lorenzo Cain underperformed. You know, you, you had Colton Wong who had a subpar season. Rowdy Telez, as many home runs as he hit, he was an all-or-nothing guy. His average is not even above 220. His OPS should be higher with the number of home runs and, uh, and RBIs that he has, but it's not. You know, the on-base percentage, low. Um, you know, Christian Yelich, it goes without saying. You know, there were just some some things that just never materialized this year. And it just, it it you know, after the hater trade, it just started to sink. I think they have to bolster the bullpen. I think they need another starter. I think they have to go out and find themselves a real legitimate closer. And you left yourself a hole now because you got rid of Hader. So now you need a closer, whether that's going to be Devin Williams and, and really em- embrace the role coming into next season. Or again, see, this is the thing, and I've always said it. Everybody said, well, get rid of Hader, get rid of Hader. It's no big deal. It's a big deal because when you have a closer, you cherish it. Oh, my God, you love that closer. But when you don't have one, well, it's no big deal. It's closer by committee. We're going to go with a hot hand, and you're going to hear all the cliches. All the cliches. You know why? Because you don't have one. Gerard says, being a St. Louis Cardinals manager, I would love for the Brewers to fire their manager. He's the best manager in the division, period. Even though Marmol is uh, coming on in his first year, you have to spend the money to really compete. Gerard, 100% agree. That's the other thing. Uh, I think if you fire council tomorrow, if council wants a job elsewhere, I think in about three days he would have it. Because he is so good 
compared to the craptastic managers you have out there, I think in about three to four days he'd have a new job. He could go to Chicago. He could go to Pittsburgh. He could go to Cincinnati right damn now. He would go to the Angels, Texas. I mean, he can go anywhere. You think about all the struggling teams right now that have had mismanaged and poor pitching staffs, that'd be the first thing they'd do. 877-867-1670 if you want to hit us up too. Uh, For those that are just joining us on the network, and many of you are, I had said uh, this is the time of year, spooky month, in which weird things we discuss. Uh, And we kind of save it usually during the Halloween phase, but something happened last night that I got to tell you. And made the the hair on my neck kind of stand up. So that's coming up this hour. I promise I'll get into that. But that is coming up this hour. Um, Rick says, would counsel one out? I don't think so. I think Craig's been pretty, I mean, unless he's just beat down. But I don't think so. I think you, you go away, you rejuvenate, you get the batteries charged up again. Uh, and you come back. He's still young. I mean, I, I, I don't think, it, you know. Unless he's dis- – put it this way, if counsel wanted out, I would say – and I don't, he'd never come out and say why. I don't think directly unless he just said, you know what, I'm chucking it all to hell with it. But unless maybe the ownership and or front office situation let him down and he vehemently behind closed doors disagreed with the hater trade and what was going on and saying we need money, we need to spend some money, we got to get better players, blah, blah, blah. Um, other than that, I can't see him saying, no, I'm, I'm tired. I need out. Now he's been a player for a long time, but this is all, you know, man, baseball. I mean, even when he wasn't a player anymore, he was still working with the team. He was still going to Arizona for spring training. He was still here in, in Milwaukee, still working with Doug Melvin, you know, but I, my question is if nothing changes, and you keep and you change a manager. Do you think it's going to be better? Is the outcome going to be different? I don't think so. Marv says I like Craig Council, but sometimes he gets too analytical. Almost feels like uh, that can get in his own way. Sometimes I agree with that, but think about how many times that he has made a move in in the last four or five years. That were, We don't talk about that because those aren't the obvious ones. But when you go out and get a pitcher and make a move and say, hey, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna pull this guy. I know his pitch count's low, but I'm going to pull this guy. we got to get these next three outs. Bam, bam, bam. They get the next three outs. They go on to get a win. That's a really good move. That's a really good move. It paid off. We don't talk about that, though. We only talk about going out and getting a guy who's – you know, thrown 13 strikeouts, gone through seven innings, has only thrown 89 pitches, and we go nuts. And then if they lose the game, it's even worse. So we'll talk about that, but we don't talk about all the moves that have worked. And being 10 games over 500, there's more moves that have worked than haven't, you know? And that's been his record pretty much since he's gotten here. He's had better moves than he hasn't. So... You you got to take big picture. You can't just take this season. If he lost the the clubhouse this season, 
and they weren't playing hard and they were just kind of really looking ugly consistently, I'd say, you know what? Yeah, it's time to make a move. This team came back and fought their ass off last night to win that game. I don't think that's losing a clubhouse. I don't think that's losing the fight. They've done some stupid things and look bad at times, but I don't think that's losing a clubhouse. So uh, to answer your question, no. I don't think Craig Council steps down. I don't think he gets fired. I think they have some David Stearns and Matt Arnold and Mark Antanasio have some work to do, and that is fortify this team with better players, and I think that's simply it. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at The Water Doctors, H2, the letter O, doctors.com, Connecticut Water Softening System, not just here in my area, but all throughout the state of Wisconsin. It is the best. If you've never used it, you never tried it, you never had it, you never drank water out of the reverse osmosis, I'm telling you, try it. Try it. It is the best. Um, all throughout this summer, I've had friends stay at my house. And they hear, they listen, and they're like, let's see that shower head. No composite residue on the shower heads. When they come to the house and they stay, they take a shower in the morning, all the shower heads perfect. They all got cleaned even after I moved into this house and put the Connecticut system in because the water, it deteriorates all of that. That's how good this Connecticut system is. And I was one friend of mine drinks nothing but bottled water. So I would always get a bottle of water, and I'd fill it up in the reverse osmosis, and then I'd go, here you go, and I'd crack that top, you know, acting like I was opening it, and here you go. After about three or four bottles, I'd say, none of that's bottled water. It's all out of my, my reverse osmosis. Really? You know, I'm just messing with him, but it's the truth. And uh, he became a believer. He ended up buying the system. So I'm telling you, it's the best water softening system that's out there. That's the water doctors. Go to H2, the letter O, doctors.com, H2. The letter O, doctors.com, or call John and his staff directly. John Atley is the owner, 262-549-7733, all over the state of Wisconsin. 262-549-7733. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. the program glad to have you bill michael show enjoying the day somewhat of a bizarre day we'll talk more about that coming up also antonio brown's back at it again some stupidity there but in the meantime uh, we uh, talk about this green bay Packers season thus far sitting at three and one but how good really are they rob reichel now joining us on the hotline rob how you been pal I've been great. How are you, Billy? I'm good. Uh, other than the fact that I got a call from the grave last night, I guess. Uh, some guy that I used to know called me last night and left a voicemail, but apparently he died in July of this year, so I have no idea what the hell's going on there. So weirdness yeah. in my world. Yeah, weirdness. Yes. Almost, almost um, as weird as the Sunday in our state, right? Yes, uh, because we've got a, a weird Sunday that we w witnessed a really weird offensive output in the game this past week, and then upcoming it's going to be an early call as they go to London, which they have never done before. So it's it's going to be a little disjointed, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, get, first of all, give me your son. Three and one, and they have not played by far their best football. 
Well, I, I guess we don't know that answer, right? I mean, they, they've played the yeah. football they've played. Is, is, is the, are these going to be the 2022 Packers? We'll, we'll certainly, you know, find out more. And I, I know the fan base frets a little bit over everything that goes on, but the bottom line is that, you know, they are three and one and they're winning games and, and, and have they been pretty? Are they getting style points? No, I, you know, absolutely not. I mean, they've scored 75 points, Bill, in, in four games. I mean, the last time they've had that few of points after, you know, four games, you got to go back to Mike McCarthy's first season in 06. They had 67 through four games that season. So the offense is clearly, you know, nowhere near the level that, that they want it to be. They, they've caught some breaks, right? You know, they got the Bears early, uh, which is which is clearly a rebuilding team with, with, a, with a young quarterback and no wide receivers. Uh, they saw Tampa Bay in week three, a team without any wide receivers. They they got to face Bailey Zappi the other day, right? And they're going to go to London now, and, and, and no one knows if Jones or Taylor or any of those quarterbacks are going to be able to give it a go for, for the Giants. So they're certainly catching some breaks on the injury injury front. But, but the bottom line is, is, is what, do you, what do you do with those breaks, right? And, and they're taking full advantage, and, and they're winning football games, which – it's really all about September, you know, what, what September and October are about, right? Getting yourself in a good position for the postseason. I mean, Billy, do I think they're as good as the Eagles, you know, the, the 49ers, probably Tampa Bay when they're healthy? No, I, I don't at this point in time, but, but it doesn't matter, right? It's October 4th, and, and what's going to matter is, is what do you look like when, when the calendar turns in 2023? Can you have one of those top two, three, four seeds, get a home game or two along the way, and uh, – you know, take advantage then that, that, that's really all that matters to people around here, right? No, nobody cares at the end of the day, you know, if you win the NFC North, you know, what, what you did in September and October, what kind of fast start or, you know, tricky start you got off to all, all anyone's going to remember when the 2022 year is over, is what did the Packers do when they saw Tampa in the playoffs? What did they do when they saw San Francisco or Philly or whoever it turns out to be, you know, in the postseason? and they're positioning themselves, you know, to, to be in a good spot for that bill, even though again, it hasn't been overly pretty up until this point. The uh, the the passing game. We talked about this the other day. You know, there's not a legitimate deep threat. Christian Watson certainly has the speed, but doesn't have the confidence. So, can't, you know, Aaron Rodgers said it at the podium. We can't continue to win this way. What has to happen, in your opinion? Boy, I mean, I mean, I, I, I first of all, you know, with all due respect, I, I mean, I do disagree with Aaron a little bit on that. I, I think they can continue to win ugly. I think they can win some more 14, 12 games like they did against Tampa Bay. I, I you know, I, I think, you know, that they've got the Giants and the Jets and the Redskins coming up or, or the Commanders, I'm sorry, in the next three games. And, um, you know, the, the those are I, I know the Giants have a three and one record. I know the Jets are 500, but you know these these, these are not strong football teams. They're going to see in the next three weeks, Billy. And and I I think there'll be continue to be some growing pains for the offense, but they can win football games. And and I'd be very surprised if they're not six and one three weeks from now, and, and you know and sitting at least in the standings in in real good position. What do they need to have happen? You know to to eventually become a real threat to win the NFC, they need these young receivers to grow up very quickly, right? I mean, I will say this, you know, uh, for his problems holding on to the football, you know, whether, you know, the ball security and the fumbles are just flat out catching the ball, Dubs is off to a solid start, Bill. He's got 19 catches. Um, I know his yards per catch aren't great. It's, it's under 10, but, you know, when you, when, when, when you add that out through the course of the year, Dubs is on pace for 81 catches, which anybody – 
You know, when when the year started, if you would have said they would have gotten 80 catches from one of these rookie wide receivers, I think most of us would have said you're nuts. But but they need Dubs to continue to develop. I mean, Bill, I I do think he's going to be a bona fide, legitimate number one wide receiver in this league. But we're probably looking at 2024, maybe 2023 when that happens. Asking him to get that done in 2022 is is going to be you know probably next to impossible. They need Christian Watson to do more than kind of gimmick stuff. Uh, Bill, run, run, run these, run these deep routes where they just throw it up to him like they, like Favre used to do with Corey Bradford or Rogers did with MBS, um, you know, or, or give them the ball uh, in the in the run game. They, they, they need Christian Watson to develop a little bit more with the route tree, where he can, you know, he can actually go in there and be a bona fide uh, wide receiver in terms of route running, Bill, which he isn't at yet. You know, we know this well. The rest of that group in the wide receiver room is rather pedestrian. Alan Lazard's at two or three on most rosters. Cobb's probably not on most football teams. Sammy Watkins is hurt all the time, et cetera, et cetera. That, Bill, I, I, just, I think this is their formula for 2022. They're going to hammer away in the run game, which we all know, and, and they can be dynamic uh, in, in, that, in that area of the football game. I mean, Aaron Jones is at seven yards per rush right now, Bill, which is a ridiculous number. Um, and, and they're getting what they want out of A.J. Dillon. I know the, the yards per run aren't high, but he's wearing defenses out. I, so, again, I, I think, you know, with, with a defense that, that is right now, in, you know, in the top five and in most key statistical categories, I think they're fifth in total and seventh in points, Billy. Um, you win with a run game, you win with defense, and, and you pick your spots in the passing game. So, I, I, I'll be honest, I, you know, to your initial question, I, I disagree with Rodgers a little bit because I, I think right now this is the formula to win football games for Green Bay in 2022. They can, I agree, when you get to the postseason, if you can run the football, you're going to go far. You can control the clock. You can keep your defense off the field. Uh, and what uh, Aaron Jones has done this year is is amazing. So I, I completely agree with you, especially with the fact that your offensive line eventually is going to be solidified, barring any additional injury. Everybody's going to kind of get back into a rhythm. You can only see that getting better. And hopefully Robert Tanya gets more worked into the offense as well. Do they need to make a move? I mean, we know that uh, there's a lot of talk now about OBJ starting to uh, kind of feel it. He was with the Giants uh, over the weekend. There might be a reunion there. Some people are speculating where he ends up. Would you go after him if he was available and if he could play? I don't like a guy coming off the knee like like he is, Bill. I mean, I, you know, again, it, it's so out of character for Green Bay to do something like that. But again, that that they have to know internally they're on a year to year deal right now for the most part with Aaron Rodgers. So so I would certainly say the chances of them being active at the trade deadline are going to go up or be higher than they are in a normal year under under Ted Thompson or Brian Gutekunst up until now because I I think the sense of urgency that level has to you know has has to really be increased knowing that Rodgers is you know really at a year to year point in in his career right now um, Billy what I'd let this do is play out over the next three four weeks I mean a month from now or you know when we get to the end of October and we're at the trade deadline. You know, we're looking at uh, there's going to be eight to ten teams that are two and five or worse where you can go and maybe pluck a number one wide receiver or even teams, you know, in in the 500 range where you've got a guy on an expiring contract, for example, and you know that team isn't going to resign him where you can rent a player, uh, you know, coming down the stretch. I, 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 I'll still say this, Bill, I, knowing the history of Green Bay, and you know it extremely well, like I do, it would it would really be out of character for them. My best guess is still that they're going to roll the dice, and, and this is their roster. 
for 2022, but it, but it, but it would seem like the kind of a year, if you're ever going to do anything, this is the year to go ahead and do it. If you're the Packers defensively speaking, by the way, we're talking with Rob Reichel of uh, Conley media, Forbes.com. You can read his stuff there. Plenty of books on the Packers as well at Rob Reichel over on Twitter. Defensively speaking, uh, give me your thoughts. I thought uh, that this past game was not one of Kenny Clark's best, uh, but Rashawn Gary continues to improve. And surprisingly, Preston Smith and the numbers for him have not been there as far as over the first four games. Well, you know, you touched on run offense earlier, right, with Jones and Dylan and how Green Bay seems to have that. Uh, you know, part of the equation figured out and that formula uh, really works in their favor. The number one concern on the defensive side of the ball, again, is stopping the run. They've, they haven't been good in the LaFleur era, you know, dating back to Raheem Mostert in that whole 2019 season. And it's always an issue they're trying to get fixed. And it was obviously, obviously again the other day against, uh, you know, New England. Now, now the Patriots went jumbo a number of times and hammered away with a couple of pretty good running backs and, and a solid offensive line. Um, but, but Green Bay was beat up up front, and and that that just can't continue. Um, and, and and especially you talk January football, um, you know when when you would see a team like San Francisco who's going to absolutely want to want to play that style of football. Tampa Bay might want to play that style of football with with Leonard Fournette. Um, Philly might want to play that kind of football. Uh, Green Bay's got to get that fixed. The rest of that defense, Bill, I, I you know I've been I've been impressed with because again they they've been dinged. Jair missed the other day. They lose Amos in the in the middle of that game. Um, you know, and, and, and here we are They're you know, they're sitting seventh in the league in points. I mean, the reason they're three and one bill is they've only given up 69 points. Um, and, and, and if it was a normal green Bay defense right now that we've seen over the last 10 or 15 years, this would probably be a one and three football team, the way the offense has struggled. So the, the defense has undoubtedly held up its end of the bargain. I, I, I think on your show earlier in the summer, I, I, you know, I predicted Rashawn Gary would be defensive player of the year. And I, and I think he's on pace for that. Uh, Bill with five sacks through four games. I mean, the guy's looking at 20 plus sacks when the year is all done. He, you know, he, he's up there in the top three right now in, in the league. I think Bosa passed him last night in San Francisco, but I think Rashawn's going to challenge for that title through the course of the year. They, they can get after quarterbacks. They've got difference makers at every level. Um, even, even when they suffer an injury like J- Jair Alexander, Billy, uh, you know, they're deep enough to cover for that. And, and again, they're going to catch some breaks coming up here now in the schedule, right? With with Giants, Jets, and Commanders over over the next right. three games, where they can get some of this stuff fixed and and corrected before they hit the real meat of their schedule, right? Which comes up, you know, I I think it's that trip to Buffalo, um, you know, in, in in week seven there. The uh, the special teams. Tell me how much better you think they look. Well, I'd still like to see a different return guy. I'll be honest with you, but but in general, right. yes, they've, they've taken a they've taken a major step. I, I just I just don't think there's a lot of juice, a lot of zip there with Amari Rogers. I know he's in better shape, but he just he, he he seems to lack explosion and pop. And they clearly have no faith in him whatsoever in the in the pass game. They're trying to turn him into a return guy that can, that can give him something. And his his numbers aren't dreadful, Bill. They they haven't been they haven't been terrible, but they're. They're also relatively mediocre. Um, so, um, you know, you want to talk maybe making a move at the deadline. That wouldn't be a bad spot because you can steal a guy there pretty on the, on the cheap. You know, they've also got Kylan Hill probably coming back in the next couple of weeks, which might give them a lift um, at that at that position too. But, no, overall, top to bottom, it, it's dramatically better. I mean, New England hit them for a couple of longer returns 
um, the other day. That that was the first time you, you, you kind of saw any hemorrhaging of any sort, but it looked nothing in terms of the hemorrhaging like we've seen the, the last few years with, you know, the Zooks or the Mo Drayton's of the world running, running the ship here. They're, they're, they're pretty sound. They've, they, they've committed to that position, Bill, which, which I think was the, was the overall key, right? You, you wouldn't have seen guys like Ford and Nixon and people like that, even, you know, Levitt, maybe even on the roster in, in past years um, because they don't offer you a ton from scrimmage. But here, you know, here Gutekunst fully understood if he was ever going to make those units better, he had to give, uh, you know, he had to give Fasacci a couple of guys that he could hang his hat on and, and just build his whole special teams around. And they've gone ahead and done that. And, and they've been respectable, you know, in, in terms of limiting returns, which have been a huge problem the last couple of years. You know, the punter has been really good uh, for the most part. Uh, you know, we're only four games in, Billy, but, but they're in the middle of the pack. And, and we said all along, um, if they can just get in the middle of the pack and not lose football games, um, in, in, instead of sitting at 32nd every other year, which is pretty much where they've been, it feels like since since 2005. You know, you, you were going to see a massive upgrade then from from that group, and and that's exactly what's happened. You know, Versace has got them in the middle of the pack, and and I'll be honest, I, I I think they've got a chance, you know, to get better and better here as they get more accustomed and familiar, you know, with with that new special teams coach, and and maybe they could even make a run at the top 10 before it's all over. Yeah, I look at special teams and Mason Crosby grades high when it comes to a field goal. Obviously uh, not great when it comes to touchbacks, but you also wonder whether or not that's the coverage unit. We've seen him be uh, able to kick touchbacks and gotten his legs gotten stronger since the beginning of the season to where he was. And then at times where they want to kick it into the corner, use the sideline as the 12th man. They want to get a, a younger return guy to try to bring it out. But their special teams unit, I mean, the, the couple highest players are Quay Walker, Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes. Those are their best special teams teamers, so to speak. Right. But uh, they still rank 31st in the entire National Football Football League as an overall special teams unit, according to Pro Football Focus. Well, I saw some stuff. Like, so, so they've dropped in, Billy. I haven't looked yet. You know, since Sunday's game, they, they were as high as 16th in some other categories and some other rankings last week. So, yeah. uh, obviously, that, that there's work to do. And, and you know, at the end of the day, we're we're going to all go to Gosselin's at, at the end of the year, and, and you know, the old Dallas Morning News stud reporter and. He's the one who kind of breaks it down. I didn't realize they were as low as 31 in PFF. So, what you know, again, it's going to be a work in progress. Here's the positive. They, you know, we we could sit here in past years and and nitpick and say, you know, boy, they they lost this game or they lost that game, right? You know, you you could you could you could hang the 2014 NFC Championship game on special teams if you wanted. You could hang the playoff loss last year against San Francisco on special teams if you wanted. You take the Bears game late last year, you know, at Lambeau Field, and Chicago had 200-plus return yards in the first half, and, and, and Green Bay found a way to win that football game. But had they lost, you could hang that on special teams. We haven't had one of those moments or games yet, you know, where through the course of the game you're saying, all right, if they lose this football game, it's going to be because of special teams. So I, I do think, Billy, overall they're trending – in the right direction. There's obviously work to do, but but it looks a lot better than it has in past seasons. Always good stuff, my friend. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk soon and enjoy the game in London. All right, you too, Bill. Take care. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. They go Rob Reichel joining us from uh, Forbes.com. Conley Media uh, has written numerous Packers books, specifically Packer-related, and always good to get him on the line joining us uh, over on the hotline. So appreciate his time. Yeah, uh, Pat O'Donnell. Uh, via Pro Football Focus, 68.8 ranking, which is in the good. 
Uh, 18 attempts, 850 yards, yards per average, 47.2, netting 41.6. His longest is 72. The return rate is 33%. He's got only one touchback. Uh, He's got two of them that he's booted out of bounds. Uh, Two of them been downed inside the 20 um, and has been really, uh, really solid. And then you start to look at some of the other team reports when it comes to, say, field goal. Mason Crosby yet to miss one. He's 9 for 9 on extra points, 4 for 4 on field goals so far. He is 1 for 1 inside the the 30, uh, 20 to 30 yards. 30 to 40 yards, he's 2 for 2. 40 to 50 yards, he's 1 for 1. So he has been perfect so far this season. Mason Crosby has. So special teams in those particular categories, which is the ones that are so blatantly scrutinized when we when we have an issue. And kick coverage, too, has not been uh, bad either. But uh, those have been, knock on wood, they've been good. So they, at least they've cured some of the ills so far that plagued them from last season. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And you know that uh, I love my new... Uh, Pella windows and doors, and you know the, the the door is basically what I'm what I'm loving on, but uh, it's been fantastic, and uh, just absolutely love the fact that they've got a lot of no interest deals, the Pella now pay later deal going on, uh, and you know the cold winds are coming, so you can get them measured right now, you can get them ordered right now, you can get them installed in a few in about a month or so, maybe a little bit longer. But you know when the cold, really cold stuff, January, February, getting into March, when all that is really bitter, uh, man, get those windows in before then. Get them in before then. Uh, One, they're going to be more economical. Two, your house is going to be warmer. and You're not going to hear the cold wind blowing through all the nooks, the crannies, the cracks, and you can keep them closed, locked tight at night, all that kind of good stuff. That's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com or call them 855 Pella WI. That is 855 Pella WI. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.